Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats, PJ's podcast. Welcome to PJ's podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter, politics, Jesus, and sports. Monty, what's up, brother? Not not much, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm sitting here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, it's can't, can't, can't. It's hot. It is hot. hot. Yeah, I mean it's it's hot in Tulsa, but uh, but you know Phoenix Phoenix is a d- different type of heat. I mean that that dry heat, but uh, it's a not a it bad is, place to be. Is, I'm melting. Yeah. I'm absolutely <laughs> melting out here. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous. But yeah. there's a good flight. It's it's daylight here, dark where you're at, and I'm having a good time. So, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's nine o'clock here. The kids are in bed. It's dark outside. You know so. Um, Party's yeah, just getting yeah. going over here. Yeah, yeah, and every, everyone's waking up in Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're just getting started. So, so good, good yeah. place to be. Uh, I, I enjoy Phoenix you. and Scottsdale, not that little area. Always fun. I mean, Scottsdale is is a fun place. I go to. I play golf every once in a while at a place called Desert Mountain, uh, mm. Scottsdale. I got a buddy that lives out there. His parents live out there, and it is one of the most beautiful courses. The only problem is, is I have a hell of a time reading greens. Because you keep saying everything curves down the valley, and I don't know where the hell the valley is. I'm not from here. Right. Right. So yeah. it looks like it's this way and it's going that way because of the valley. And it's like, dude, I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and, and just deal with what happens. You're right. You're right. Where's the valley? I don't know what you're talking about, valley. But what is a valley? I got no idea. I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah. I know where the river yeah. is. Show right. me where the river is. I can show you there's, that. But. There's no valleys in Oklahoma. Everything is just flat and there's rivers and there's lakes. There it is. That's all That's all we got. But yeah, um, our friend, like Pat and Russ, um, their parents used to live in Scottsdale and they were members of uh, the Blackstone country club out there. And that's where, yeah. that's where, uh, that's where Russ got married. So yeah, we, we went out there for that. Yeah, that's we, right. we, it's, yeah. It was, it was so nice out there, man. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, let's get into some sports. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Um, obviously like let's, before we get into the nitty gritty, we'll, we'll, we'll just touch the surface on some, some stuff. Uh, we were gone in so long. We missed the um, NCAA baseball championship, right? Uh, we saw Florida versus LSU. Uh, and, and LSU uh, took it in not so dramatic fashion because they just crushed Florida on the last day. Did you did you watch any of that? Were you been paying any attention? I watched a little bit, but all I could think of is those LSU fans, man. They <laughs> hate Florida, hate they, them with passion, and to crush them the way that they did, they are happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are happy to do it. Um, I know all the LSU fans are happy. I think the ORU fans should be happy too because I think the, what the LSU fans and the ORU fans were, were got pretty tight, right, um, up there in Omaha. Um, and I, they broke the shot record at the bar because LSU Absolutely. go hard. <laughs> so Dude, I think I think I, I knew they were going to man. It was just <laughs> a matter of time. How many jealous shots we were getting? It was it was only a matter of time. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but you know, uh, if anyone has ever been been to LSU or been to a football game down there, like you know how how they do down there, Baton Rouge. So uh, no one is surprised. But uh, I, I got you know, I think after we saw them beat Wake Forest, you had a pretty good feeling LSU was going to win the whole thing. But uh, to win it eighteen to four in that third game, boy, I, wow. I mean, walloped. Wow wallop so um you know i watched this the second half of that and it wasn't even a game people were like why let's just run rule it out and let's let's just call it a day right so <laughs> yeah so it's kind of it's kind of crazy but you know with lsu winning that it's kind of like wh- why is the sec so good in sports like why can't other conferences money. and teams teams compete you know i mean yeah money like is, is a big part of it right but like um, you know, the Pac-10, the Big 12, you know, the Big 10, there's some good schools there and, and no one seems to, to compete. You know, I was just, I was looking through the list, like Florida won men's track, baseball won LSU, 
what Georgia won football, Florida won in golf, and then in basketball, Bama dominated the entire season. It was number one the entire season, the overall number one in the in the basketball tournament. Um, and of course, UConn ended up winning it, but you know, Bama made a long run. So if you think of all the major uh, sports, you know, you know, SEC just dominates it, man. Um, I, I, it's just it's just crazy to me just looking at all those stats, just how one conference, you know, is, just you know takes over everybody else. Well, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of benefit to, you know, TV uh, contracts that they have, uh, right. visibility for players, right, with the the ability to make money. I mean, that's a big deal, right? Oh, yeah. SEC has all the contracts, has all the vision. Uh, it's beneficial for those players to go to the SEC. So I think they, they get a bunch of talent, which makes them hard to compete with, right? right? So, I mean, I think there's a reason that they're up there with everything, and it's because they get the best, that, that get the best athletes right. out, of, out of the bunch. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get it. And obviously, when you think of high schools, right, you know, the best athletes come out of what Texas, Louisiana and Florida, right? So, you know, all the athletes are in the hotbed um, already, so they don't, they don't have to go far yeah. uh, to compete. Of course, California is like, hey, don't forget us. But California, you guys suck at everything. <laughs> <laughs> you guys stole Lincoln Riley. You guys stole Lincoln Riley and you're still not any good. So I don't, I don't care what you guys Yeah, say. I, I will uh, never be a USC fan, ever. <laughs> ever. And you, you can keep Caleb Williams or whatever his name is, too, because he, he sucks. Can. I, I can't wait for uh, Colorado and Deion Sanders to go up there and beat him. But, uh, Dude, he's causing a ruckus, man. Have you seen what's going on with Colorado? Dude, they and Deion. Yeah, I've been I've been paying attention, man. I I my I I I spend days, hours in my day watching YouTube clips of what's going on in Colorado uh, and, and the Buffs and Deion Sanders. So, um, you know, he he has some five stars. He has some big time transfers coming in. Um, the team is the team is stacked. It's just you know, are they going to be able to gel? What in in three four months to actually put on a good show when they play TCU? You know, and like they, they have a tough schedule. Like they played a team that played in the national championship the very first game. You know, yeah. but. You know, it's going to be in Fort Worth and it's going to be televised. And, you know, that bad boy is going to be sold out. And, you know, it's going to probably going to break viewership records because everybody wants to see what Deion Sanders um, and his sons and that team can do. So so we'll we'll see. There's a lot of people hating on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People hating on him right now. Yeah. Well, like, what is uh, the Nebraska coach? There's a lot of coaches coming out, you know, how he used the uh, the transfer portal and basically flipped a whole team. Like, I think 50, 50 something scholarship players last year, he you know, told him to kick rocks and, and he yeah. definitely, you know, and he brought in his own guy. So um, he definitely is getting a lot of hate, you know, but people uh, in Colorado are, are loving it, you know, and, you know, I, I hear there's a big buzz and there's a lot of excitement going on for the buffs. So um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but let's, let's move on to, to some, some better stuff, right? Um, the, the NBA, we just had the draft. Um, and I know, I know you watched it and I watched it too, but the, the bigger news is that there's an insider with FanDuel that kind of, you know, that's kind of was waging bets and was kind of, you know, dictating who was going to go first. And a lot of people put um, some money behind it and it, it didn't happen. And uh, FanDuel kind of bankrolled because of it. What, what, what's your take on this and what's going on with dude, professional it, it, sports? It goes on, dude, it goes on more than we think, right? So yeah. an NBA insider, an NBA insider, right? Yeah. Uh, basically tweeted something out that, hey, you know, the number one overall pick isn't solidified, right? So there's a, a chance that some teams could make some moves. And this person looks like he may be moving up. And, you know, they're they're making a decision between these two peoples, these two people, which was complete bullshit, complete <laughs> right. bullshit, right? right? But the bets started coming in, right? And they started building up and, um, you know, ended up what that guy said was complete garbage, right? That mm. guy didn't come close. Uh, to being picked when when the bets were coming in, 
right? right? But it turned out that that MBA insider was a fan dual employee. That's crazy. Right. So we have yeah. a little bit of an issue here. Yeah. Right. Is this something that should happen or, or not? Right. Is it like a, hey, you know, it doesn't matter if they do, right? You, it's not like he did anything wrong, stuff like that. And I just think it's, it, it's, uh, it's not a good look for the NBA. It's not a good look for, for FanDuel, right? It's not a good look for sports commentators, right? Because yeah. now who's the public going to trust, right? If you think that every NBA insider is working for, you know, a betting platform, who are you going to trust at that point? Right. Right. So I, I think it's a bad look all around. I, I do not like it whatsoever. I think, yeah. I think it's, it's really not good for the NBA no, and for the betting world. Right. Right. What's your take on this? No, I, I totally agree. It's it's not not good uh, uh, for the NBA and the betting world. But like, you know, what's the ramifications from FanDuel? Are they going to get like any repercussions? Is something going to happen to them? You know, it's, it, it's you know. Insider trading. It's almost like insider trading where someone's like, hey, I got this tip. And they, you know, they go get it and everyone buys a bunch to this stock you know to raise their price and make a bunch of money and this is what that's just what happened FanDuel probably banked on this happening you know and it didn't happen and they collected all the money so uh, obviously I mean that can't be legal um and it just blows my mind that you know the NBA uh, these leagues are letting it happen but on the other flip side it's like how many times has this happened in the past that didn't get caught that we let it slide that an insider you know has this has no this talent. tip right and then everyone jumped on no top talent. of it right and it, it paid off or didn't pay off and, and, and it we didn't catch it right so um you know like you know in boxing um you know they have when they see or even in horse racing when, when they see a mass influx of uh betting in one direction they suspend all bets because like that's like a telltale sign that like something fishy is going on right and um if they're going to allow betting you know in the nfl the nba and these professional mlb and these professional sports i, I think they need to crack down on this because this, this is crazy what they're, they're allowing um these guys to do so well, i mean i don't like it i don't like it one one bit uh, i don't either uh, i and don't it, either you, and you're and exactly right yeah, well, like, and, and we talked about conspiracy theories in in, in the past before, but <clears throat> and this grows into like you have insiders. But what about you know re referees? We know that one referee got in trouble for for you know impacting um, games and, and betting and stuff like that. And now you see a bunch of NFL football players getting suspended for for betting. Like this is becoming a widespread problem in professional sports. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I'm going to be very interested and in see what. Like actually see what they do about this, right? There has yeah. to be some sort of ramification that comes from this. And you made a great point, right? It is kind of like uh, inside trading, different things like that. We have laws, we have regulations against that. If we're going to let betting yeah. be legal, there's got to be some sort of safety net there for those who are betting, right? Yeah. And this is a, a direct, you know, showing of corruption and, you know, partnering together, right? That guy should, you know, have some ramifications on his end. There's no telling what what he got for this entire thing, right? right. Because it was his tip that came right. in that made all these bets come in that were completely, you know, false, right? The inside, the inside yeah. track was not correct. It was all, all a money scheme, right? Yeah. So let's keep an eye and, and see what happens here. Cause I think there needs to be ramifications. 100%. Right. I would, I would love to find out like how much money this guy made off of this. Right. And yeah. he's going to, and he's going to walk away scot-free, you know, probably with millions in his pocket because of it. Right. Yep. So like, it's crazy. Like dude, Martha Stewart, you know, 
sweet old Martha Stewart had served prison time for insider trading and homeboys over here giving fake tips about the NBA draft and he's just, you know, nothing's going to happen to him. So yeah, uh, I, agree I, I don't, I don't like it. You know, I think it ruins the integrity and the purity of sport. Right. And you know, I, I, and I just see like this, getting more involved in the sports and just ruining, you know, the outcome of games and just games in general. So I, I don't like it, Bear. I agree with you 100%. But, uh, um, you know, speaking of the draft, you know, we had two brothers going back to back in the draft, you know. So we had Amen Thompson and uh, Asar Tet Thompson went fourth and fifth to the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons. Um, that's that's kind of cool. I, you know, obviously, we, you know, I'm sure as, you know, brothers, twin brothers, they would love to go play for the same team. But being picked fourth and fifth in the first round of a professional sport, uh, being set up to get, like for the rest of your lives together. Like, how cool? How cool is that, man? That's got to be a great story, right? Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I may have teared up a little bit watching one of those <laughs> guys, right? I mean, yeah. I, I know how close I am with my brother, right? How much I love him, how much, you know, time we spent in the front yard playing basketball, playing baseball, right? Sweating tears with each other. Yeah. And you know, watching, there was a video that kind of showed them growing up, you know, practicing together, playing together, all these different things. And you just, you grind and you hustle and, you know, you two are in, in it together and then you get picked back to back in the NBA draft in the first round. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is special. That is so, so special. And yeah. I was so happy to see it. Right. But I mean, they seem like good kids, but to, to get drafted with your twin brother, right. Back to back. The question is, is how, like, how do you feel to be the second brother pick? Right. right? You like, went right. Yeah, you went you went fifth and he went fourth. You know, you're like, I know. Oh, he's man. gonna hold that over like, his head forever. Right. He is he is never gonna live this down for the rest of his life. I don't care what happens in their life. Like Amen is always gonna be like, yo, bro, I was fourth, you were fifth. Know, <laughs> you that's know? gonna be like, the end of uh, every debate. You know what? Screw you. I was fourth, you were fifth. That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. And unless like as well, like unless he wins, like, I don't know, like five NBA championships and he's like, yo, I was fourth. It was like, yeah, but I got five rings. I don't, I mean, that's yeah. the only way you can, you can top that, you know, but you know, after seeing this in the draft, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people went to the, the NBA schedule and they, they, and they circled that Rockets Detroit game where, when, you know, they're both guards, right? So they're going to be, they're going to be guarding each other. And like, I mean, that's going to be a matchup, man. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be, going to be like loving uh, and waiting to see something like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Congrats to those brothers, man. It's that is just something special that you don't really ever see, especially to go through the dirt with your, you know, twin brother practicing together. Like I said, playing against each other their entire lives to go one and two. It's a, a major accomplishment, and they should be proud of that. So I, I'm excited to see if they do, you know, do well in the NBA. I think they will. They've got the yeah. talent for it, but uh, I do want to give props to them. Congratulations for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you see their highlight tapes, or if you if you like YouTube them, like these Dude, boys they're are good. good. They're good. They're they're they're, they're good. good. So um, I I think they'll both have some uh, long lengthy careers, and I, I think you know we'll we'll be speaking their name a lot more as as the NBA NBA season kicks off again, and uh, and we get going. Uh, I will say that you know the n number one in the draft, the the Spurs pick Victor Winbanyama. Um, he is French, I believe, right? Um, where he played France. over. In, he played over. Yeah, he played over in France uh, last year. But this guy is seven four, two hundred and thirty seven pounds, right? He's listed as a center, but like, watching highlights of him, like you see him bringing the ball down the court, right? He's passing. Like, I mean, the guy, you know, the guy, I think has a has a solid future in the NBA. Like, he he's a a, a size that we've never seen before. You know, maybe besides like minute bowl or something like that but like he is a lot more uh, athletic and has a lot more agility than than guys that, that are that size have you seen anything of him 
Man, I, I am so excited to watch this kid. Like, I am really, really excited. This guy's seven five, can handle the ball like a point guard, shoot like a shooting guard. Yeah. Right. And he's seven five. Yeah. He's seven. I mean, five. he's Durant, but about a foot taller. Right. Oh, yeah. Which is just insane to say. But yeah, I, I, I hope I hope he can translate to the NBA. I, I really do think he's gonna go on to do great things. But you know, we've said this before with uh, you know, number one overall draft picks and they flop. But mm-hmm. I, I think this kid has something that, that other people don't, not just the right. size, but he's got the touch, he's got the hands. Normally when you get that big, you're kind of uncoordinated, you stay under the basket, get a bunch of rebounds, that type yeah. of stuff. But it seems like he's got the outside game to really make an impact uh, for his team. I'm excited. Uh, I really yeah. am. I hope he can go on and, and do great things in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think one thing that helps him is like, he's been playing professional basketball just overseas, right? It's not a guy that, yep. you know, that's coming out of college, you know, and that, that we're hyping him up. Like he's actually played professional basketball. And if you see like the guys who've won the MVP the last, you know, what, four or five years, they're all, you all know, European, guys. they're all big guys, but they're all Europeans, right? They've, they've yeah. all like learned the fundamentals, the techniques of like the playing over European, you know, the Greek freak. And uh, who's the guy that plays, that just won the championship for, for Denver. You know, the Joker, right? These are all European guys that, you know, they, they learn the trade over there. Luca. Yeah. They, they, oh yeah. Luca's another one. You know, the top players are all, you know, from over there is because like, they're not just freestylers. They, uh, you know, they learn the trade. Right. And I think that's going to help him be even better than some of the other first round picks that we've seen, because I mean, he, he already knows the game. Like he just has, has to fit in the Spurs system and get used to the NBA. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lucas, Lucas said it, he said it's harder to, to score overseas than it is in the NBA. Yeah. How right? crazy he, is that? He's put it on notice that the NBA, the uh, American basketball going on right now, it, it's easy to score points, right? It's, the yeah. competition isn't as, as tough as it, as it is overseas. Right. Right. So Luca came out and said it, and I think we're seeing it right with all of the MVPs, all the, the stars right now, the majority of them are coming from overseas. I think, I think you, you've got it down, right? They, they just have a different way of training, different way of playing basketball. It's not as flashy, but it gets the job done. Right. And there's a lot of tall guys that can shoot threes can handle the ball. So, you know, the international play is becoming the, you know, the, the all-stars of the NBA and, uh, you know, the U S needs to take notice of this and see what they're doing so we can mimic and, and become more competitive. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, you know, the days of the, you know, the dream team and all this, I think that's coming to an end. Cause I think these, these, uh, other countries and these players coming from Europe, they're, they're figuring it out, man. So, uh, I agree with you. you know, the, the Olympics is right around the corner. So I like to see how we'll compete in that. If we actually send our, our professional players over there, but I think, you know, like you said, the translation of like, you know, the European like leagues are harder to score. When would you ever hear that? That blows my mind, but, um, it's insane. But, it's insane. Um, the last thing about in the in the NBA, uh, Brandon Miller, he went second to Charlotte. He was the highest ranked uh, college player to be drafted, and he was the the freshman from Alabama, uh, the one that he he you know he was he won all the accolades, but he was also the guy that was involved uh, in the shooting who actually brought the gun uh, and gave it to his teammate. You know, um, you know that caused a young lady to get shot. So uh, obviously, he never got suspended. Nothing ever happened to him. Uh, he made it out, and he got and he got drafted second overall. So hopefully, um, this guy you know can live a good life and put all that behind him and um, and, and and do well too. Yeah, I, I agree with you, right? Everybody likes a a story of redemption, right? This yeah. could be a, a great story of redemption for him. Uh, you know, going through a little bit of trouble before he gets to the NBA and be successful. I think it would yeah. be good for the NBA, right? There's been uh, a bunch of players that have. 
been that way that have had some troubles in college and in high school. Allen Iverson, right, got into that big scuffle when he was in high school. Uh, oh, but, yeah. you know, Michael, Michael Vick is, I think, one of the best examples oh. of the redemption story, right? Everybody likes that type of stuff. They're very forgiving a lot of times. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he's a, he's a great player, right? Oh, yeah. they, I mean, they should be extremely happy to have him on the team. Um, let's just see if he can keep his head, keep his head up and, and keep his nose out of trouble and, you know, go on to have a good successful career. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's funny. Like, uh, I wonder what, you know, the Charlotte Hornets and, you know, MJ just sold the Charlotte Hornets, so he won't be around them. But like what the Charlotte Hornets are going to do, uh, you know, they kind of keep him out of trouble. Right. It reminds me of remember uh, Des Bryant, the wide receiver for uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Jones, like hired like a full time, like baby, like a babysitter, yeah. like, security, like to make sure like he wasn't going to the clubs and make sure he was getting yeah, home. But like, De- I mean, Des Bryant was a different animal. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever yeah. have you ever talked like seen some of his interviews? I mean, Des Bryant was a just a completely different human being than most people. Plus, he was yeah. a hermit. He did not yeah. like to to be around people. Um, but you're right. There's always a concern there to take him number two overall with all this stuff going on. I mean, that's a leap right. of faith. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll be loyal, right? right? Loyal to the Hornets for giving him a shot during this time. So yeah. I, you know, there's definite definite upside, definite downsides with this pick, but. You know, I think you get the loyalty um, if he stays, you know, out of trouble. I think you get a great, a great player. So, yeah. you know, uh, it, but it's just still hard to balance because you have other guys that you know aren't going to get in trouble, that you know are going to be solid. Uh, you're yeah. not going to deal with anything. So they took a little bit of a leap of faith here. Let's see if it pays off. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially you know with the Ja Morant stuff going on and all that stuff, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that they did their due diligence and they did their homework. But you know the guy has a skill set. The guy's a baller. So um, <laughs> good luck, good luck to him. And uh, we look forward to talking about him next season in in a, in a good light. Him, you know. So uh, shifting gears a little, uh, golf. You know, we always love talking about golf. But you want to talk about Ricky and Clax Putter, huh? Yeah. So. <laughs> I read this deal. So those of you who keep up with Ricky Fowler know what type of putter he uses. He's used used the same putter almost his entire career, right? It's a Mm -hmm. little Scotty Cameron, same thing that Tiger Woods has used, same thing that, you know, uh, a lot of the greats have used, right? And there's a story going around about where his putter came from, right? Have you seen anything on this putter at all? Because it's, I mean, it's highly fascinating what's going on here because the top two players in the U.S. Open used putters that they yeah. had never used before and yeah. were yeah. one and two in putting, which is insane. <laughs> if you've ever changed yeah. putters, it takes a lot, a lot of time, most of the time, to transition. So basically what it is is, is Clark and, and Ricky were playing with one of the caddies. One of the caddies had that big putter. If you saw him, he had this massive putter. and had a yeah. massive grip on it. But what makes them makes it so interesting is they put a bunch of lead tape at the bottom, right? Like layers of lead tape to make it heavier. And they were playing this random. Ricky was like, "Hey, let me see that putter. I want to put with it." He putted with it, you know, a couple of times and was like, "I want it. I want it now." So they <laughs> called they called Taylor Made and and they cra- I think it was Taylor Made. It may have been Odyssey. It's Odyssey. It is. So they yeah. crafted this this putter just for Ricky Fowler, right? It was, it was a long putter with a long grip and they had a bunch of tape, metal tape at the bottom of it. Well, Clark did the same thing. He putted with it. It was like, I want it. 
So he got <laughs> they created and they were one and two in putting. But it That's just crazy. It's a fascinating story. And if you ever get a chance, Google it, look it up. Yeah. They look just outrageous. I mean, these things are monsters. And and anybody like I'm a touch, I'm a field putter, right? I like the small grip. I like filling it in my fingers and my hands. But these things are just heavy. They're big. And I mean, basically all you do is just move your body with it. But it seems to work. I'm I'm really interested to see kind of what Odyssey does. Like if yeah. they're going to produce these types of putter, because it's very unique to do, to have a putter with a bunch of heavy weight at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's very, very unique. And like I said, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do putting, right. You can have a, a heavy mallet. You can have, you know, a light blade. It really just depends. Plus there's no perfect way of putting, right. There's not like, this is exactly how you do it. Um, mm. It really just depends on, can you hit the ball? you know, square the, the club face square and can you get it rolling down its line? That's really, yeah. a, I don't care how you do it. You just have to do it. Well, for him, for, for Ricky and for Clark to be so successful with a putter that they found, you know, a week beforehand, right? right? That is, that is something special. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do. Let's keep an eye on it and see if they actually start mass producing this heavy lead, you know, weighted yeah. putters that Clark and Ricky went on to right. do great things with at the U S open. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this, this club is actually taken in by storm, right? It's nine years old, right? No one's ever really used it until recently. Right. Uh, it was yep. designed in, in 2012 and released in 2014, you know, people tried it here and there and all of a sudden it's taken off. Like even so Keegan Bradley even used it last week and he, and he won the travelers championship with it. That's you what know, I'm saying, so, man. There's gotta so. be something to it. I'm going to get one. You know I'm ordering one. I'm putting as much lead tape on that son of a bitch as I can, as I can you're find. Like, you're like, weigh this bad boy down. But yeah, so the obviously, my putting um, is terrible. The 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 last the last two champions, you know, in the last two tournaments we've had, you know, they both used uh, best putter, like you, and you said, and Ricky, who was crushing it um, in the U.S. Open for for three days, you know, he was using it as well. So um, we'll we'll see how. I, you know the traction. It's, I mean, it's taking off. It, it'll be hilarious to see. It really know, is. If if everyone starts using this club, or you know, definitely just trying it out to see, what, you know, what makes it go. But uh, it's, well, I, it's, I, I don't think people understand how hard it is to change putters. Yeah, like it, yeah, it's especially really, oh. really hard, and especially to go from you know this Scotty Cameron small grip, in you know feel in your hands to this just heavy ass monster. Right. That's mm. a big, big change. And to go straight from that and be the top putter in a US Open is pretty insane. I mean, oh, it yeah. really, really is. So there's got to be something to it. There absolutely right. has to be something to it. Or, you know, since, since it's so big and so heavy, like when is the PGA going to stop and take a look at this putter? You know, if everyone starts using it and be like, hey, is this is this legal? Can, are we, can we allow, you know, this big lead, all this lead tape, you know, on here? So um, it's, it's interesting to see They'll what happens. They'll probably do something. But, They'll probably but, do uh, something just to fuck it up, man. They always do, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, if you if you remember, there was those big long putters. Um, oh, Adam yeah. Scott oh, yeah. used one for you know, a long time. With, with, with the two-hand motion, right? Well, so you used to be able to park it against your chest. And that was one of the oh, benefits yeah. of it, is you could park it against your chest and you could go back and forth like a, you know, like it was hanging here, stuck here, and you can go back and forth, right? That's what mm -hmm. made it really, really good. Well, they found out that that gives players an advantage, yeah. right? So they went ahead and said, okay, you can't have uh, more than two connecting points on your body. Right, it's kind of what it what it was. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they try to 
do something with it. I don't think they can, right? right. I, don't, I don't. I really don't think there's there's uh, anything that they can say is um, you know an advantage for people. It's just maybe it feels better in the hands, right? Maybe it's easier to to take back, but you know who knows? PGA is yeah. funny. PGA is funny. Well, it's, you know, it's live PGA, right? Whatever it is now. But um, I just, I, you, I you just had felt... to do it, Monty. You just had to go <laughs> in there, didn't you? I, I can't, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But so after, you know, after Monday, um, following the travelers, Odyssey actually announced the release of a limited edition Odyssey Jailbird 380 putters to the market. So um, if they're not sold out already, you could probably, you can get it online and you, and you can order them now. They, they just re-released them after all the pros started trying them again. So, um, so go out there and get you, get you one of those putters and Odyssey, if you hear that, you know, you need to give us a, a, a sponsor deal for, 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 for driving your putters. Put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. But uh, that's it. That's all we got in sports, man. Uh, what, what else? I know you got some stuff in the in the political scene and all the all the fun news going on in this crazy world. What's 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 going on? Yeah, man. So so there's a couple of things going on. There's a couple of things I want to uh, really focus in on, and, and I think there's two major things that we actually do need to discuss. Mm-hmm. The first one is the Hunter Biden text. Have you seen what's going on with the Hunter Biden text? uh yeah i haven't like took a deep dive into it but of, of course dude hunter biden's a mess but yeah i i've i mean you have to live on a rock to not see what's going on well i mean the the whole question is is has joe biden been a part of it right that's been right. the entire question the entire time right has he known has he not known he keeps saying that he hasn't been involved in any of hunter's you know business dealings yeah. The the right. foreign the foreign business dealings, right? Like, any of it. You know, any of the it. Ukraine he's, he's stuff, the China stuff. Yeah. You're exactly right. Well, so what came out was there was an uh, there was an, a text that came out between you know a foreign leader and uh, Hunter Biden, and it implicates Biden as being inside the deal, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he literally says, "I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my." Right. That is a direct, you know, uh, indication that Biden knew what the hell was going on. Right. He knew exactly what he was doing. And I I think Biden's going to have a major issue here. And that's I think, again, this goes back to why Hunter pled guilty, I think, is because they knew this stuff was going to come out. So they're like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, plead guilty here. And maybe we can kind of sweep everything uh, else under the rug and say, you got you know, you got convicted, you got found found guilty of a crime, and we can maybe just sweep this stuff under under the rug. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I really yeah. don't. This 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 is too deep. It implicates the current president of the United States. Um, you know, going into business with his brother or with his son to basically strong arm foreign entities. It's a major oh, yeah. issue. It's a major right. major issue. Yeah, and the, like the people who don't understand, don't realize what uh, Ruben's talking about. Uh, so Hunter sent a message to uh, a CEFC employee, uh, Raymond Zhao, right? So this is in China, uh, that said, "I'm sitting here with my father, and he would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled, right?" And within ten days of that ma- message, roughly five million dollars uh, began flowing from the Biden family from the CEFC. Uh, that's a cog in Beijing's Belt and Road Influence Initiative, you know, and that's in that 2020 uh, document. In the, you know, the Republican-led Senate committees are pushing that out. And, and if I'm uh, correct, I think they're actually initiating. Um, oh, oh, now I can't think of the word. What's the word uh, that happened to Trump? Um, indictment. 
not indictment, but when you're president, oh, impeachment, right? So they're oh, they're yeah. initiating, you know, to get him impeached because of this. You know, obviously he's lied in the lied in the past. He's lying now. He says he's never had any dealings with uh, his son's, um, you know, business dealings, and you know, yeah. just that text that just that text alone and what has happened after that text is kind of showing like, hey, you actually knew what was going on, and you actually part partook in this, right? And so yeah, uh, it's an issue. This, it's 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 a big issue, and obviously, you know, they're going, you know, ever since they found Hunter's iPad, like, and you and you knew like he was on the board of this Ukraine thing, he was on the board, and like you knew something fishy was going on, you know, and no one ever, yeah, no just one ever a hard time connecting it to Biden has been the issue, right? right. And, and we knew that there were texts that said, you know, ten percent for the big guy. Who's the big guy, right? And, and, <laughs> right. I mean, everybody who has two brain cells can see that the big guy is, is Joe Biden. You can't just run around the the world picking up bags of cash from foreign government leaders and, and not, you know what I mean? Like it just, if A equals B equals C, I mean, you can obviously see that something is going on here that is a little bit corrupt, right? You really yeah. have to put the blinders on uh, to not see it. And I think this text just, again, there hasn't been a direct, hey, Joe Biden is involved. Well, this is basically it saying, hey, Joe Biden is involved. Right. He's sitting next to me. He wants that $5 million. You better get right. it to us or something bad's going to happen. Right. right. So I, I think I think Biden has a whirlwind coming his way. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get impeached. Right. I don't think we have enough uh, Republicans that will stand up and, and get that done. But I'm telling you, his legacy is going down and going down quickly. Going down quickly. And, and I, I'd be surprised. Like, how could you stay in the presidential race after, after like this stuff gets released right like you know his oh, approval rating yeah. if anyone's paying attention right his approval rating is going to go down a lot of people who like in him mean his approval rating already has to be awful but you know it's going to be the probably the lowest ever um in you know a lot of people are going to see this and they're gonna be like you lied to us um you you've been you know in bed with our quote-unquote enemies right you know at china energy company you know so like it's 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 wild what you know once this gets exposed and if they ever find out exactly what you know hunter uh, i think he has another he has another he has a brother what james too there's another brother i yeah. think um the, you know the whole entire biden family is filled yeah. rich right right and you want to say how how did you come across how did you get here right what did you do right and you know some of this is starting to come out he's so. a painter uh, <laughs> he's, a real famous painter. <laughs> he's 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 the modern day picasso but um <laughs> but <laughs> oh man but i mean even like even with russia like you know he's got, got paid by a russian billionaire there's gonna be so much stuff that's gonna come out of this uh i think you know it's it's really gonna hurt him especially you know when he just got done announcing uh his presidency or his you know running for re-election for presidency so um get bad look hunter has single-handedly just like brought down the biden family <laughs> well as much as you could say hunter biden's been involved in the entire thing and there's going right. to be a lot of republicans and a lot of trumpers that are really excited about this and really happy I i'm really not that excited because it makes us look foolish it makes oh, yeah. the american people look dumb right you yeah. let this guy get away with extortion his entire vice presidency and then you go ahead and vote him into office Right. I mean, it makes us look really dumb. It really does. I don't think it's a good look for the United States. And as oh, much as, as I'm happy that these things are coming out. Right. And not because it's Trump or not because it's Biden, not because it's the <laughs> Democratic Party, because yeah. I don't like this corruption. Like, right. I don't like it. I don't think it should be in American politics, right. but it is. And we need to see people get put in jail for this type of, of stuff. Right. We shouldn't 
you shouldn't be a political leader and be able to extort foreign you know leaders for money that's not something mm -hmm. we we stand by or stand for right. so i mean as much as yes it's good that we're finally starting to get the pieces together to prove that he's been involved i i don't think you should stand up and cheer for it because it makes you look stupid you know right. what i mean yeah no i i totally agree and like you know it sucks that like you know, when you talk about the the leader of the Democratic, you know, uh, presidential nomination and the leader of the Republican presidential nomination, and like we never talk about like the good that they're doing. You know, it's always bad, 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 bad. And these are supposed to be the two front runners to like to leave the country. Like it is a awful look. You know, and you know, I I I'm at the point like I don't blame other countries from looking at us a certain way and be like, man, you know, U.S. is you know you need to get your stuff together because we don't have it together. We we need to fix it. You know, you know, and, you know, it starts from the top down. So it's a trickle down effect. And it's I mean, we voted you know, these guys in. We voted these guys in, but the but on the flip side is like, like th that was like the only like what other options do we have? You know, like there's no good people. You know, I I think this I think this time around we actually do have some good nominees. But if you if you yeah, go I back look at the last nom nominees, like the the pot wasn't any better. So um, I do think though there's some there's some guys running this time around that that can do have a positive effect. But it sucks that we're sitting here talking about you know the two most powerful men in, in the, when you talk about leading our country and they're all it's all negative. Yeah, I I agree with you. In you know the Democratic Party is is struggling. It's really oh, yeah. struggling right now. So something else that, that came up is Adam Schiff got sanctioned. Yeah. And, you know, in my opinion, he should have. He absolutely should have. I mean, have yep. you read up on exactly what he did? Uh, no, no. What, what did he do? What exactly did he do? So basically, the whole gist of it is, is he was kind of over the FBI, right? Yep. And when the whole Russia stuff came out, he mm -hmm. knew that the Steele dossier Every, every oh, bit of evidence that they used that was false. to spy on Trump was false. He right. knew it. Now there's evidence that he knew it. And he didn't tell. I mean, you got those poor guys that are working in the FBI and in, in the investigation level, right? They didn't know any of this information. So they were investigating it as a, you know, real thing. When right. Adam Schiff, who was running everything, knew that it was false and he was still lying and holding it from those who in, who were investigating. That's a major issue. It's a big oh, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. When you know that this false information is coming from, you know, the opposite political party and you say nothing, and you say nothing just so you can spy on your political opponent, I don't care mm -hmm. which side you are, which side you're on. Right. That's bad. That's oh, really, yeah. really bad. That's really, really shady. And it's things that should not happen here right. in america right and I, to me that's that's to be against the law right like that's like it, trespassing that's like, like like how, it how is. these these guys are just skating by like do it like all these illegal activities and, and there's no like you know ramifications for them they're just yeah, that well, i guess you got me so uh, oh, yeah i can withhold uh, that this was literally literally you know made out of thin air from the political right. party trying to take down the president i don't say a thing and i push it forward Right. right. You got to remember, remember him coming on TV saying, oh, we've got this big deal. Something's going to happen. You know, right. we have all oh, this yeah. evidence knowing that it was complete bullshit. Right. Complete oh, yeah. bullshit. And it, on top of it being bullshit, it was made up by the political opponent of this person. That is mm -hmm. the most unethical thing that I can <laughs> think of in the political realm. And we're just letting them go. Right. Oh, yeah. he got sanctioned. Well, he can still be on boards. He can still be on committees. 
you know, this isn't this is a freaking issue. And again, I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. This is not OK whatsoever. Yeah, yeah no, I, I 100 percent agree. You know, we talked about this in the past. It blows my mind. Like these guys are were saying all this stuff just to buy some time to hope to find something on him. You know, so like oh, we, we need we need more time. We need to dig a little deeper. We need, we need to say we have all this stuff. But like, let's look until we find it. You know, like that's the whole like, you know, the process is backwards. Right. You know, no one pulls you over and then digs to your car going, like, I, I, you know, I, I know I find I, there's a reason why I pulled you in here some re- somewhere. Yeah, we've, right? talked, yeah, we've definitely so, talked about this. Yeah. So we, we, ha- we had this whole conversation and like, you know, that is not how, you know, law and order happens in the united states right and like like what if and if it's coming from like one of the top you know the fbi like if it's coming from them like what like how's it going to affect the rest of this world like what, what kind of precedent is, does this set going forward that, that's you're 100 right and that's why anybody that's listening listening go read the Mueller report that's really what you need to do right and he basically t- takes the cat out of the bag and says mm-hmm. the fbi knew it was fake, knew it was from Hillary Clinton. They knew it, investigated it anyways. Right. I mean, that is the biggest corruption thing I've ever heard of, right? You know it's all fake, but you're going to go ahead and investigate anyways to try to find something else. I think that was the main thing is they were were using this to investigate, thinking they were going to find something else, and they didn't. Right. But it should have never taken place in the – it should have never taken place. Right. Once you knew it was from your political opponent, right. it, it should have been squashed. Shut the it down right is, there. Is they, they kept it from those who were investigating it and the and the public. That's that's right. one of the main things that just bothers me so much that this man was on TV talking about how great it was. You know, they have all the evidence. There's going to be this ma- this big, you know, dump in, in what Trump did, knowing it was bullshit and completely lying to the American people. He should he should not be in Congress anymore. Should not no, be allowed no. anywhere near our political right. realm, right? right? But but he stood up there and said he was a champion for speaking the truth. Oh yeah, fuck you. Go sit down. <laughs> no, right. that's not okay. Right. Well, and, and the reason why he's still around is because you know he was obviously he didn't he didn't act on this alone. You know, like you mentioned, like, like Hillary Clinton, like he was told and backed by people way more powerful than he is right and so that's why he, he can walk away with no repercussions because he, you know like he, he has you know the clintons and you know all the you know people in the, on the democratic side that were looking for something to bust trump on you know he had that backing um and, and that's why he's he's okay today so um like i said the president that that set and you know what can happen moving forward on the, the next presidential election or even like on a smaller scale you know any type of government election like it's crazy and you know it's it's not right and um, if this happened in any other realm or any other scene, like you would, you would see uh, a lot of people, you know, going to jail, you know, going to court um, over these false allegations and 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 how they handle them. So um, it's not a good look, and we we need to fix that. But obviously, while you know Biden's in office, nothing's going to get addressed. You know, and, and it's so funny because to me, I was like, why would Trump ever want to get reelected when you know he's being treated this way and like obviously i'm not a fan of trump i don't think he's a good guy but like he's been put through the ringer right um and i really believe like he wants to become president because all these people who has attacked him during this time he like he has a list and he's going to get them all back <laughs> if he becomes yeah. president again so i, uh, I agree i 100 agree with you and so, you know again it's not about the which political side of the aisle they're on it's just that's corruption any way you look at it and yeah. i mean I, I think you can be honest with yourself and say, if it was somebody on the right, 
and they found out they did this, I mean, the book would be thrown at them. They would be put in jail, the right. hammer, you know, putting down on them. And I think this just keeps building the case that everybody can see how one-sided this is. Yeah. Like it really oh, yeah. is. If it was yeah. anybody else, anybody else, this, this, the, the news would be saying how awful it is, right? How corrupt it is. But because it's against Trump and because it's somebody on the left, they just get a free pass. And yeah. again, I'm not okay with it, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. That is corruption. It's not yep. okay. You don't get to use the FBI for your vendetta, your vendetta to take out one of your political opponents. This is what we see yep. in foreign countries that have dictators, right? Yep. Like this is this is what we're moving towards, right? We've got to figure out something. I apologize about my language, by the way. I, uh, <laughs> I got a little heated with this one because it just yeah. it rubs me the wrong way. I don't like I don't it think, whatsoever. I don't, I don't think we have any like kid viewers anyway, so it's totally fine. No. <laughs> Uh, but no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. But you know, you know, Trump is used to dealing with the mob with in his casinos back in the day. Right. So I don't think he's scared of any public officials, but, um, but you're right. Corruption anywhere is not okay. You know, and you know, the FBI, the CIA, those people are supposed to be away from the, the political realm, right. They're not supposed to be biased towards, towards one side or the other. And there's definitely some bias in there. And, and, and that's where you're going to see some, some problems because, um, how, how can a, um, an organization function correctly when, when they're being persuaded by um, a political party. So um, that, that needs to be addressed for sure. Yeah. One of the, I read a story of the, one of the main guys investigating this, this case uh, was sitting down in the interrogation room and, you know, they came out and said, Hey, here's the evidence. Uh, you know, ship knew that, that this was all bogus. Uh, when you started investigating it, he got out of the room and had to leave started crying mm. because he really did not know and he put his time and effort into something that was complete bs mm. right and i mean that's the kind of stuff that just should not happen that's not the way we we operate but i feel bad for those people because they really were invested they thought they were investigating something that is a crime right that you can't do but they didn't know it was all bs and it was all a political stunt and they were just pawns moving on the chessboard yeah yeah, it's it's bad because like when you actually believe in something, right, and you're actually thinking that you're doing your job, and you're just being led on a wild goose chase, you know, it, it's it's mind blowing. Like like where where do those people like have trust in their job, have their have trust in the government moving forward, right? They they don't. I don't think you can after yeah. this, right? I, I don't think you can whatsoever. Right. Um, it would and be it, hard to ever gain that trust back after being right. thrown under the bus like this. Right. And so, so it's so funny because like, so the government could, they could dim Adam Schiff, right? Um, and he's, he's being censored and then he's getting fined $16 million, you know, and it's, it's so funny because like $16 million, you know, the people that are backing him and, and, and made him do this, they're like, oh yeah, don't worry. We, we got you. We'll, we'll write you that check for that. You yeah, know, the money, so. the money thing. Well, they took away the money thing. They took, oh, it, they took the it away. Well, that, yeah, that's one of the reasons the first, uh, the first bill didn't pass. The first section oh, okay. passed is because they tied right. money to it, which I agree with. You shouldn't tie money to it. I think that's a wrong approach to it. Right. But what I wish they would do is take them off committee committees, right. different things like that, because it really doesn't have a major impact on him. It just right. kind of goes on his public record. 
right? Yeah. Like that's literally oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, nothing really happens to him, right? He, it just says he's been condemned and he's being censored, right? Basically. But 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 basically, and he, can, like, he, what, he can throw that to oh, these these were right wing people, you know. You can right. spin that. He'll one. say extreme MAGA, you know, all all that thing. But yeah. obviously, like you know, he cost like American taxpayers thirty two million dollars in this investigation, and I think that's knowingly, knowingly, yeah, knowingly. And so I think that's why they find him 16 million because like at least like we'll get half our money back, right? So it took for 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 them to take it away too. It was like, I mean, like that's that's 32 million dollars is not chump change, man. And like it's just gone. You know, it blow, blows my mind. So yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's like, something's it's like the, gotta change. It's like the 62.6.2 $6 .2 that uh, the government totally lost somewhere in Ukraine and Russia. Have you have you seen that? That's totally, I mean, totally we, we lose money left and right. I mean, you know the conspiracy behind you know the World Trade Centers, where the guy came out a day before the World Trade Centers and was like, "We don't know where a trillion dollars is. Mm. <laughs> like, we got no idea. It's just kind of gone. It right. just so happens that the place that holds all those documents gets burned to hell the next yeah. day, right? I mean, the government's off. I mean, this has been my theory, or has been, you know, what I believe is is the government sucks at everything. Right, look at VA <laughs> hospitals. Oh, right, I mean, look at Medicare, yeah. Medicaid. I mean, they suck yeah. at everything. They really yeah. do. And then you're gonna let them, you know, deal with trillions and trillions of dollars. Obviously, yeah. that stuff's gonna go missing, right? That, yeah. That's what happens should, when you when you give well, incompetent people gobs right. of money. Is it just kind of vanishes into thin air? Right. And, it, and another thing is what happens when government's too big, right? The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, so. Um, you know, and that's 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 another 100%. issue that we can talk we can talk about later. But I tell you what, I mean, if they want to fix it, I mean, they could hire my wife. If, if there's ten dollars missing, my wife my wife knows. She gonna find it. She's gonna find it. Figure out exactly what you put that thing on it. If you needed right. it and why you did it, yeah. absolutely. Real quick. That's, that's how you run quick. a tight ship. That's how I run a tight ship. So, uh, but it, it blows my mind, man. But that's like like I said, that that's a different conversation as well. Um, but anyway. Uh, you got anything else, man? You know, we, got, we hit up the shift thing. I, that's interesting. Um, no, no, no. Nothing else on the political side. There's a couple of things going on um, that I'll address on, on Wednesday. Really, I just want to move into the Jesus portion and we can wrap this thing up. Like I said, I'm in a yeah. background noise, all sorts of different stuff. Um, I, I'm going to give a personal account for myself, Monty. Um, you know, I, I've lived a, a very good life up to this point. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. I've been very blessed with jobs and different things like that. And I've come into a situation where um, I'm having to rely on the father again. Right. When when we went through the bastion thing, and for those of you who don't know, I, I had a son with Down syndrome, had open heart surgery, you know, all sorts of health concerns. I've, you know, uh, given him CPR twice, brought him back to life twice. He's died on the operating table in ho hospital rooms, you know. That was a, a major, major struggle for me uh, for a while, but I've come into a situation right now where I'm having to rely on the father mm. every single day. And as much as it should be stressful, I'm extremely happy. Like it's yeah. a weird thing, but it, it's making me spend every single morning with the father saying, hey, I need my daily bread. What do you need me to do? Here's what's on my plate. Here's what I need. I'm going to give you a story uh, that blew me away um, about two days ago. Wait, what's today? Tuesday. So on Monday morning, mm. is today Tuesday? Today's and Tuesday. All the days running together. Uh, yeah. Monday morning, I woke up and, you know, I talked to the father. Hey, you know, I, I'm going to focus on today. What do you need me to do? You know, here's what I need. Right. And 
something I prayed for was health insurance, right? I have a special needs child, right? right. He can go to the hospital uh, at any time, right? It's been weeks and weeks there, right? And if I don't have health insurance, I'm bankrupt, basically. And I mm -hmm. said, hey, you know, Father, I, I really, really need insurance. Like, this is my main priority right now. I could use some help. And uh, I had a meeting. That was probably at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I had a meeting at 10 with a consultant thing I'm doing. And we get to the end of the meeting. He goes, hey, we're actually going to probably get insurance for the company. Do you want to join our insurance? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, well, speaking that's of that, that's exactly yeah. what I need. Thank you. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just he, he cracks me up because he just he gives us the things that we need. Um, right. But we don't ever really rely on them when, when we are, uh, you know, have enough money or, or have you know, everything that we need, we don't necessarily rely on them. And, and we kind of lose that uh, relate uh, relationship with him. Like I have to rely on him now where mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to. So I took right. him for granted a little bit is kind of what it feels yeah. like. But I wanted yeah. to give that story because, you know, as much as I'm going through the trenches, I am feeling more connected with the father than I ever have in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and I, you know that's a, that's super like a powerful testimony, and I think that happens to like so many people, if not everyone, right? When they, when their life gets too comfortable, they kind of forget, you know, what what got them there, and you know the, the forces behind it, right? And then you know when you know a trial tribulation comes up, and you know their lives get tested a little bit, you know, I think you know they they get reconnected, you know, and, and like you said, um, and for you, like I think that you know this is a setup for something to to. You know, you were in a good spot, but I think this is just a setup for you to be in a better spot, right? And I yeah. think you're gonna you're gonna come back one day and, and look at this time and be like, man, like it was hard, but I'm so glad it happened. Um, because I mean, I just you know sometimes you can kind of see the pieces coming together, you know, after it's fallen apart, and I think it's it's gonna come come together even stronger than it was before. But you know, you, you need those moments when you're tested and. Uh, you know, your faith is tested and, you know, he sees who's, you know, truly a believer and a follower of him, you know, how, how you react to those moments. And, you know, obviously you've been tested before in the past, but, you know, instead of pushing him away, you got closer. And I, I think that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I think those who are going through tough times, uh, the father calls, calls on you to, to draw closer to him, to help, to help him help you get, get out of those types of situations. Right. right. And, and a lot of people get comfortable. Right. And I think there's a reason that Jesus says uh, why it's so hard with people with money to enter into the kingdom. Right. right? Because the kingdom is relying on the father day by day. Right. To provide, to, mm -hmm. to give you what you need, different things like that. And it's hard to do that when you have everything. I love you. This is PJ's podcast. Speaking right. of three things that matter, politics, Jesus and sports. Monty, I love you, brother. I'll see you in a couple of days.